can you review the progress of 2,000 plants a minute? Of course not. But a fascinating new piece of agritech can. There's only so many plants that you can see when you're walking through the field in your wellies. Whereas our robots can count, map and measure every single plant in that crop up to 2,000 plants a minute. We'll hear about the Earth Rover in part two and we'll talk agronomy, the markets and the weather for the week ahead. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello. It's been a busy time in farming as thoughts turn from the crop of 2020, which will live in the memory for all the wrong reasons, to the next one. Planting has begun. Let's hope in a few months there's a few more smiles around. But was the harvest that bad for everyone? Kit Dickinson from Openfield reviews 2020 for us in a moment. And if the harvest was criminal, well, sadly, there's more farm crime to talk about this week too. I'm Steve Orchard. Good morning. What's in the news this week? Well, no Harvest Festival this year. There will be one online. The greatest online agricultural show, who did a brilliant job on their summer show, are inviting us to celebrate all being safely gathered in with a service, a cook-along, a harvest supper, trade stands and music and chat in the virtual beer tent. Does that need to close at 10 o'clock? All for charity. It's on this Saturday. For details, see Twitter at Online Ag Show. Grain Marketing and Arable Input Co-op Openfield have improved their online presence with a new app, and it even works on Alexa. Here's Richard Kay. Good morning, Steve. Yes, well, Openfield is all about improving service and making life easier for our farmers. And we have um, a portal called Openfield Insight that allows our members to access their contracts, loading schedules, track my truck, uh, features prices, and, and one or two other bits and pieces. And so what we've done is introduce an app that allows everyone to access all of these on their smartphone or, or their tablet. And how does this work with Alexa then? Okay, so Alexa, we've developed a new skill. And um, if you've got your Openfield account linked into Alexa, it allows you to say, Alexa, Openfield Portal. And then she will tell you uh, what your fund value is or when your next collection is due. Um, and if there's any chat messages, because something that we've introduced on the, on the app, which is brand new, is a chat facility. So you could say, Alexa, tell me uh, if I've got any messages. Fantastic. <laughs> this is uh, taking technology to yet another level, isn't it? I mean, we, we keep talking about new technology uh, within farming and agriculture, but this is sort of taking it on to, to another level, really, isn't it? Uh, where could your members find out a bit more about this, Richard? Um, it's available to download on either Google Play or the iOS system, or if you go on to the Openfield website, there is information there about it too. Farmers are being reminded about the dangers of using mobile phones while driving machinery on roads following several offences recently. Metaldehyde slug pellets are to be banned from spring 2022, except in permanent greenhouses. DEFRA says it's taken this decision to better protect wildlife and the environment. The ban on their use comes into force in March 2022. And peers have voted to protect farmers from substandard imports. One amendment to the Agriculture Bill sought a requirement for agriculture and food imports to meet domestic standards. This was supported in a vote in the Lords, and another amendment looked to beef up the new Trade and Agriculture Commission to give MPs full scrutiny of its findings in relation to future free trade deals. A couple of small steps, but at least in the right direction. Now, we need to discuss the crop of 2020, even if we don't want to. I've dragged Kit Dickinson out of bed a little early to talk about this year's results. Kit, 
we all know our individual situations. We've seen some horror stories and reports of yields and quality well down on the norm. Is it all bad? It's been a very strange harvest and really quite a prolonged harvest. And it all really is down to weather this year as the whole growing season has been. Uh, if I look at my rainfall chart from home at uh, just north of Lincoln, we had the wettest August on record at 85.5 millimetres. And talking to other growers in the county on the Wolds, they had over 140 millimetres. So an extremely, extremely wet August. Putting in that into perspective, looking back to February, which was a very wet month, we only had 81 millimetres. So very stop-start harvest, which meant that uh, wheat was affected, wheat hackbergs were affected, and also germination in barley was affected. Barley has had a, had a very strange season, given that it came in two growth stages, uh, drilled into very, very dry conditions where some germinated and grew away and some didn't and had to wait for the rain, and therefore barley maturity was all over uh, instead of all coming at once like it normally does. Most of the harvest is now complete. There are a few beans left to cut in the north of the county, but we are getting a clearer idea of the yield and indeed the quality that, uh, that, that we have. Um, on the plus side, September has been a very dry month, which has meant that farmers have been able to get on, cultivate, get the seedbeds into good conditions and uh, look forward to hopefully a better growing season ahead and establishing some good winter crops this autumn. Quality is, is all over. We've had uh, anything from early wheat combines that were early drilled on light land that have come off reasonably well in terms of quality, good hagbergs, good proteins, um, and very high bushel weights, especially in the earlier wheats that were cut. The yield was significantly down, uh, which was to be expected, and, and we knew that before we started combining. Uh, the later wheats, uh, the quality started to suffer. As I've said, fusarium and sprouted grain started to creep in. And as a result of that, uh, premiums have expanded slightly and the feed base has gone up given the lower yield, weather concerns in, in other countries and indeed currency. Uh, and in the last 10 days uh, in, for the marketing of grain has all been about currency. Now let's turn to crime. We've seen a spate of high-tech equipment thefts recently in Lincolnshire and Newark, mostly GPS kit taken from tractors. Around a million pounds worth of nav systems, receivers and computer systems were taken in 13 separate thefts in the Boston and Spalding areas recently. It's a deeply worrying trend and the police, together with the NFU, are issuing some advice in an attempt to stop this. Some of the items are being sold all over the world and simple things like indelibly marking your postcode on the equipment makes it obvious it's been stolen. Ideally remove the kit from the vehicle when you finish the day and store them somewhere safe or if that's not practical, fit security tethers and brackets. Use pin-enabled security and make sure you record the serial numbers and the police say it's a good idea to photograph the kit which could help them identify stolen items and increase the chances of recovery. And hare coursing is making its annual return. Now the fields are bare. Threats of violence from the poachers, damage to fields and fences, animal cruelty. It's a crime that shows little sign of abating. What can be done about it? Well, the Country Land and Business Association, the CLA, has a plan it would like to see implemented. And we'll hear about that from Alison Provis from the CLA on next week's programme. 
Now to agronomy. Good to have Sean Sparling with us once again. Morning, Sean. Yes, a very good morning to you, Steve. It'll be short and sweet, I'm afraid, this week because we've not a lot of agronomy to discuss. Um, very few crops in the ground, obviously. There's more seed rate, but a winter wheat. But I want to talk about wheat and barley drilling. Um, but this rain is probably the biggest talking point. Very welcome rain. Very dry we've had it up until now in September. I've taken 5.9 mil since the first of the month up until the 23rd of September. And that date rang a bell because... In 2019 autumn, it was the 23rd of September that the drought of September broke. And uh, I had three mil of rain, I think, before the 23rd of September last year and finished the month with 69. I took 66 mil in the last seven days of September. So we were all trying not to say it out loud that it was the same date the rain started last year. And then someone on Twitter said, is the 23rd of September the new St. Swithin's Day? We shut him down quickly. Clearly it isn't because it's now dried up. And that rain will do far more good than it will harm. Some of these all seed rate crops, particularly on the heavier, knottier land, were just starting to struggle a bit and this will be very, very welcome to them. It means they'll start to grow away from the cabbage stem flea beetle damage, which had most certainly increased in the last seven days or so. Also, slug activity has stepped up a notch and that on those fields where it had already stepped up will step up another notch now that you've got moisture there. So be alert to that with your slug traps, etc. Remember your restrictions on metaldehyde, 210 grams of active per hectare between the 1st of August and the 31st of December. So probably better to use ferrous phosphate, as we keep saying, and certainly don't put metaldehyde on fields which are waterlogged or even within any 24 metres of a watercourse. It says 10 metres on the label, but you're best to err on the side of caution because we don't want it going into the watercourse, not because it's dangerous, but because they can't get it out. And it looks like we're going to lose metaldehyde at the end of next year anyway. So Winter wheat drilling, anything that's gone in the ground is now coming up quite nicely and this rain will only help. Obviously we don't want people drilling blackgrass fields now, so those of you out there who don't have blackgrass, you can clearly go out and get some crops in the ground. Make sure you pick the right varieties that don't have a massively high propensity for early tillering. You want crops which are more suited to earlier drilling and you want to be aiming at about 200 plants per square metre coming out of the winter. 200 established plants. And your calculation for that is you take the 1,000 seed weight multiply that by the target plants per square metre, in this case 200, divide it by the percentage germination and multiply the whole figure by 1.05 if you're allowing for another 5% field losses or 1.1 if you're allowing for 10% field losses. And that gives you kilograms per hectare seed rate to give you that optimum plant count. Same with winter barley, same with most crops, actually. Um, now, when we talk about winter barley, it's important you get a pre-emergence herbicide on in most cases because we've so few options to control things like medigrass, etc., post-emergence of the crop. So speak to your advisor, use a friendly product depending upon the soil type you've got, but one which is friendly to the barley, but not so friendly to the weed burden. And on black grassland, you really don't want to be touching that for another two or three weeks yet. Allow this wet weather combined with the warm conditions in the soil to influence and improve the germination of blackgrass through these stale seed beds that we've all established. The wrong thing to do this year is to knee-jerk off the back of a bad harvest and think you've got to get everything in the ground lickety-split because don't forget, blackgrass is a big issue, not only blackgrass, but also barley yellow dwarf virus. But you should be aiming at around 200 established plants per square metre at this point in the season. That's 200 plants a square metre established for winter wheat. Winter barley it's a lot higher than that you want to end up going into the spring with between 280 and 300 plants per square meter your winter losses are much higher with winter barley so speak to your advisor make sure your seed rates are right reflecting the time of year that you're drilling
So a lot of groundwork going to be done over the next few days. The rain did vary, as I say, between 22 mil at home for me to 45 mil at Poolham and big differences, but it can only do good out there in the field. Sugar beet, the yellow's showing up more and more, however you look at them. I've seen some beet lifted and they don't look a bad sample. Significantly in a season like this, I think we're going to see much lower sugars, but only time will tell as that sugar beet starts to go into the factory. So all I would say to you over the course of the next seven days make the most of the rain that we've just had get some cultivations done get those stale seed beds working for you get that black grass coming through monitor them closely and don't go diving in on your black grassland drilling winter wheat let's see what the next seven days bring steve thanks sean let's talk tech problem solving and information gathering technology particularly earth rover is a startup aiming to solve some of the problems in the field such as knowing how the crops are getting along highlighting any problems knowing when they're ready to harvest and so on and it uses some fascinating kit to do this I went to Polybell Farms near Gainsborough to see for myself and have a chat with Polybell's owner, James Brown, and CEO of Earth Rover, David Whitewood. David, firstly, how do things work at the moment? The traditional way is the farmer or, or the agronomist does a, a W pattern field walk once a week through the crop, sees how it's going, um, looks for maybe pests and disease signs so they can maybe do something about it. But there's only so many plants that you can see when you're walking through the field in your wellies. Whereas our robot can count, map and measure every single plant in that crop, up to 2,000 plants a minute. And then we can filter all that information, all that data, into usable insights that the agronomist can, can use and the farmer can use. James Brown from Polybell. In order to have product on the shelf all the time... Obviously, we have to have a really quite complex planting plan, which looks at how long is the crop going to take to grow, and therefore, when's it going to be ready? And that's all part of what this is doing, is it helps us check that our crop is doing what we hope it's doing, and gives us a really early warning signs when it's not. And that's why we're working with the likes of uh, University of Lincoln with their VegCast and also University of Reading to merge both the Met Office forecasts, and there are 53 of those which update every hour, with the data which we're able to capture from the Earth Rover platform to give us really good visibility of when our crop is going to be ready. And that helps us avoid food waste. So it means that we can plan better, i.e. putting crop into store, or alternatively trying to promote it so we increase sales so that we don't waste it. And as far as the kit is concerned, we're here with a unit on the back of a tractor, about four metres wide, with a computer, some sensors and some cameras on it. What's it actually doing when it's going up and down rows of broccoli? So what you've got is on this, it's about six metres wide, so it covers three of our beds at a time, which sort of fits in with our mechanical hoe, which is also six metres wide. You've got three cameras, so each one looks at one of the beds of two metres, and you've got three GPS receivers, so two on the equipment, one on the tractor, and then they are coordinating with a base station on the top of the wind turbine over there and one on the top of that tractor shed to our right 
And that gives a really high degree of accuracy of where we are. And it also tells us, because of the two GPS uh, locators on the equipment, where we're looking. In those lenses, you've got three cameras. So we've got uh, the whole light spectrum, but also we get depth perception because um, it, they're angled at 45 degrees, which actually means we can measure how big the volume of the plant is and also how big the head is when it gets, becomes ready of the broccoli inside the plant. And it actually remembers the plants? One beauty of plants over uh, sheep and cows and things is that they don't get up and walk. So once <laughs> we measure where they are the first time, um, every time we come back to the same spot and this equipment is less than centimetre accuracy. We know that the plants can't get up and move because they're planted sort of 30, 40 centimetres apart. So, you know, we know that when we're looking at one plant, we're looking at that same plant each time. And what we can then do is see how much it has grown and also see how much the plants around it have grown and compare that to what we would expect to happen. So we can start to pick up really sort of small differences. We can also pick up Things like, for example, if we weeded plants out, if we damaged them with an operation, and then we can learn you know, about setting up other bits of equipment, other operations we're doing. We can look at areas of the field in real detail. You know, if you pigeon damage or something like that, exactly how many plants are there. And it, it's quite sort of interesting. Sort of back to the problem we're trying to solve is the number of seeds we buy, how many plants do we sell at the end? And obviously, um, I'm an accountant by training. I want to have a system where obviously we put what we put in is what we get out. And that's what we're aiming to try and do. David, this is about efficiency, avoiding waste and improving the margin then. So farm gate prices for vegetables haven't changed much in 20 years. Uh, in the last five years, the labour cost, which is a large part of the cost of growing something like broccoli, has gone up 34%, and it's projected to keep growing uh, as the minimum wage uh, uh, goes up as well. And, of course, with COVID and the Brexit, just labour is really hard to get, so it's going to become more expensive. But a farmer currently will only sell maybe 50 60% of what he puts in the ground certainly in higher-value perishable crops like, uh, like broccoli. Yeah. So if we can help them understand what they're growing, when it will be ready, they can sell more of that. And if we can understand where the waste is, help them understand where the waste is coming from, the crop damage, for example, uh, early signs of pests and disease, uh, we can help reduce the waste. So instead of selling 50 60%, they start selling 70 80%, selling more and reducing their input costs at the same time. Now, the crop we're looking at here is broccoli. Is this system aimed at particularly veg crops, or could it be used for any market? So, um, Earthraver is a relatively small company, and we're a new startup, and we've decided to focus on broccoli, and we're going really deep into the knowledge about exactly how the crop grows. Uh, we've already had a play with uh, cauliflowers and cabbage, and we've also been able to look at lettuces as well. And the aim will be to focus on vegetable crops. If we have unlimited resources, it would be fantastic to look at all crops. The principles apply across every crop. And our whole aim is to take farming from a field level down to an individual plant level. Now, at the moment, we've got a piece of kit on the back of a tractor, which I can see the benefits of that. You can scan the, the, the uh, plants while you're doing something else. 
Presumably, though, you're going to move towards something more autonomous, a robot. Yeah, we're just testing now uh, an autonomous field robot. Uh, we, we call it Pointer, uh, and it rolls through the crop at about five kilometers an hour and does the same as the tractor, but it weighs 75 kilos and it works all on its own. So you, you could drop one of those off in the field at the beginning of a day and at the end of the day, the whole field is scanned and scouted and the reports are there ready for the farmer and the economist to, to make intelligent decisions with. It's not just about the kit, though, is it? It's, about, it's more about the information that that kit's gathering. Yeah, so on, on, on the kit, we've got you know, special 3D cameras. We've got an AI supercomputer running our code, and all that data is crunched uh, in real time and sent up to the cloud where we, we turn the data into information, into usable insights that the farmer can, can to make sense of and, and do stuff with. And James, in some of this, you've been collaborating with the University of Lincoln. How's that been going? Oh, it's really good. I mean, it's fantastic that we've got here in Lincolnshire a such a fantastic resource of the you know, University of Lincoln and uh, the skills at the campus at Home are brilliant, both from robotics and food more generally. And, uh, you know, great team. And they were able, obviously, to put together uh, with the University of Reading, who has particular skills around uh, the Met Office data, um, to look at this project and we can really see the benefit of merging different data streams to give us better knowledge. It's a fascinating project, James. As you say, we will follow up on this and we'll talk more about this as the, the weeks and months go on. Um, but for now, thanks very much indeed for joining us on the Farming Programme. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll be back with Earth Rover and Polybell Farms to get an update in a few weeks and you can find out more right now about the project at earthrover.farm. Now let's get the latest from the markets from Kit Dickinson at Openfield. Morning, Kit. Good morning, Steve. This week, futures markets have declined from recent highs as grain markets took their cue from the broad sell-off in equity and commodity markets on fears of new restrictions as COVID-19 cases spiked across many countries. Restricted movement will no doubt have an impact on fuel consumption, but we are seeing many countries increase their food feedstock levels as evidenced by the recent surge in import tenders. With Egypt returning yet again this week, who now boast seven months cover. Russian wheat is flying off the shelves to extend their higher prices and EU wheat is competitive, adding support to the EU, bearing in mind they are sharply reducing their availability. Wheat continues to play its part with the dryness, a concern in Russia and the Black Sea, although Western Europe has had some rain in the forecast. The likelihood of a La Nina in South America is gaining traction, with Argentine wheat and maize crops forecast being lower this week, whilst Australia still lacks moisture in the West region, which is the powerhouse of their exports. Oilseed rate prices have reduced this week after the highs we saw earlier in the month. The current prices are still good for the time of year and there is a carry into the new year. Looking forward to 2021 crop, the marketing prices are reasonable and now that rape is established, it may be worth marketing a small amount to take cover and lock these good prices in. Malting barley, the markets have and will remain segmented in England as premiums remain low for the higher nitrogen 185 barley but significantly higher for the lower nitrogen 165, brewing and distilling grades. However, these low nitrogen premiums will be capped by Scottish barley heading to the south into the English maltings. The spring barley yield in most of the region for Scotland has been good and increased their carryout from 19 crop due to the reduced usage.
This has created some harvest pressure, allowing low nitrogen malting barley to travel to the maltings south of the border. Overall, there will be a surplus of malting barley produced in England, but a deficit of good quality low nitrogen in the major consumption regions of the eastern counties. Spring barley yields here hit by the dry spring were 25% lower yielding than some regions in the west of the country, along with associated higher and more inconsistent nitrogen contents. This has resulted in a significant deficit of usable malting barley in the eastern region. The export malting barley market for the UK is very quiet, mainly due to the good quality, availability in Scandinavia, along with the uncertainty around the malting barley usage globally. So moving on to prices this week, feed wheat for September is 177 to 179, November 179 to 181, February 181 to 183, May 183 to 184. Milling wheat premiums are currently 20 to 22 pounds. Oilseed rate for September is 341 to 343, November 341 to 343, but as I said earlier, carry going forward into the new year at 344 to 346 for February, and for May 346 to 348. Feed barley values for September are 128 to 130, November 132 to 134, February 134 to 136, and May 136 to 138. Malting premiums for a 185 nitrogen are currently £10 and for a 165 nitrogen, £20. Thanks, Kit, as ever. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. After the gusty winds of the last few days, things are a little calmer for the first half of the week. It's staying dry until midweek and noticeably cooler than of late, although nighttime temperatures remain generally in double figures. Autumn is definitely here. Today, the winds in the mid-teens MPH from the north, a bit gusty but easing as the day turns to evening, mostly cloudy but dry with a high of 12 Celsius. Monday will be calmer and a little warmer, west to southwesterly winds in single figures tomorrow, sunnier and mostly dry with highs in the mid-teens Celsius. Tuesday's quite calm with a light breeze from the west, dry but cloudy, highs around 15 Celsius, into a similar day for Wednesday with the wind moving to southerly and picking up into the evening. It will be quite gusty overnight into Thursday and maybe 5 or 6 mil of rain is expected. The rain continues for the end of the week, not heavy but consistent. Winds mainly from the south with speeds in the mid-teens and gusting to the mid-30s, cloudy with highs around 15 Celsius. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be talking with Lincoln University next week on their involvement in the Earth Rover Agritech project and hear about the CLA's hair coursing plans. In the meantime, I'm Steve Orchard. Stay safe, stay positive and have a good farming week.